Welcome to another episode of the Oscar Central Podcast. My name is Jacob and I'm your host. Uh, Today we are going to go over the acting races, the best lead actor and supporting actor. Um, And then we also have two amazing, lovely guests that are going to go through how NIF was for them. Um, I guess I'll start. Josie, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. Feeling kind of underprepared, but we're good. (laughs) I was just glad you... (laughs) I'm glad you uh, you made the train and you were able to get over um, and come on. Uh, Brian, what about you? I am so exhausted from the festival, but I'm very excited to be here to talk about these movies. Amazing. It lasted Amazing. like 40 years. I know. <laughs> it just well, doesn't Jesse, end. It probably felt longer for you because you got like, what, two weeks in between TIFF and Yeah, because press started. No, because also press for the New York Film Festival started like a week before the actual festival. So we were doing yeah. this for like three weeks. <laughs> yeah. So you, you've been in like a month and a half straight of nothing but festivals. So, yeah, I guess that, that one makes sense for you. Adriano, how are you? Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm bulling. <laughs> Yeah. Adriano, uh, for people who don't know, um, he waited four hours in line just to see The Rock and The Rock didn't didn't come out. He didn't rap to him. He didn't do nothing. So we need to um, we need to go on Twitter and yell at him, make sure he eats his pancakes or do whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. Yell all the obscenities you can. My legs (laughs) were very much in pain after four hours. I see you got a nice poster though. You covered over your Yeah, so who really who really won? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like, it was all maybe it was all worth it. <laughs> that and the shirt, your whole room's changing. You put that up before you put the Wii posters up. The Wii posters are up, you just can't see them, right? Sure. <laughs> They're definitely not in a bag tucked away somewhere. Um and Kenzie, how are you? I'm good. I am tired because of like just a busy weekend, but that included taking myself to the Netflix theater to go see All Quiet. But I'm just begging them to announce when they're reopening the Egyptian theater because, listen, LA is Los Angeles and the Pacific Palisades are not Los Angeles Netflix. Stop saying you have a theater in Los Angeles. You do not. It is Um, far away. Which, speaking of, I guess you can go ahead and start. What are things that you saw this week? Well, I saw um, the front runner for Best Picture, uh, Halloween Ends. Um, I know it's like literally. I I don't think I'll ever get over how bad it is. I Adriano saw it out of all of us first, and he was like, "It's not that bad." And I was like, "Okay." And then I feel like the more he sat with it, he realized it was awful. But, like, I just feel like Halloween Kills was so bad that I was like, they can only go up from here. But I feel like they forgot Michael Myers existed. I don't know. But it was a bad movie. Um, And I just want to call back. We previously recorded an episode where we were talking about supporting actress. And Jacob goes, Jamie Lee Curtis. And I had to mute myself. I was laughing so hard. And then I was like, Jamie Lee Curtis is the lead of Halloween Ends. Turns out she is not. So he was talking about everything everywhere all at once. But in my mind, I thought he meant Halloween Ends. But wow, he he, he called it supporting actress. She yeah. is not the lead actress. Um, 
but I I saw something else I don't remember and then I saw All Quiet on the Western Front which I was really lucky to experience in a theater and oh I saw Decision to Leave that's what I saw I saw that before Halloween Ends so um I know Zoe did a double feature of Halloween Ends and Till and I was like you're crazy I think that Decision to Leave and Halloween Ends was just as brutal I don't understand why I did that um but Decision to Leave is just amazing I'm a little torn on its Oscar prospects now that I've seen it I feel like it might be too much of a genre film in addition to being an international feature contender but we'll see I'm excited I loved it so much um but All Quiet on the Western Front I (sighs) what a movie like what a movie I I stayed up all night after writing my review for it, which will be out by the time this episode's available. But it's just incredible filmmaking on every level and I will never stop talking about it. I literally like days later texted in our group chat, the scorn, everybody knew Mm -hmm. what I was talking about because that movie is just so impressive. But I love it, but that's all I saw, which is actually a lot for me, but you know, it sucks that I saw like one of the greatest movies of the year and one of the worst movies of the year, like back to back. I just cinema, I guess cinema. Um, Adriano, what about you? Uh, well, I didn't see Black Adam as we previously discussed. Um, but as Kenzie said, I did see Halloween ends like on um, last Wednesday, and you know, initially when I saw it, I was like. Uh, you know, it's not, you know, I'm not despising this. And I still don't despise it. I still, there's still a part of me that likes it more than I didn't like it. Like, I, I, I like the ideas. I like the idea of what they were trying to do. I just thought the execution was not great. I thought, like, it, honestly, if, like, the, it, it just feels like a completely different movie than A, what was advertised. Like, the advertising were just mm-hmm. strip a lie. Um, and then uh, we, we did get the movie that was advertised. It just feels like it was, an, it was just tacked on. And, and when we got that, it was pretty cool. It was, that was definitely the best part of the movie. But, you know, it was like two, uh, two uh, hour and a half of Corey, which I was like, okay, we, weird, interesting. Which, but can we talk weird. about it's Corey and Lori? When I realized their names rhymed, I was like, oh. I am going to kill myself. Like, what are they doing here? Was that intentional? Or did, I don't did know, but rhyme? now I cannot talk about it. I was explaining the plot to my husband who has never seen a Halloween movie. And I was like, listen, it's like Season of the Witch, but it's not. And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then I was like, Corey and Lori. And he was like, what? <laughs> horrible. Horrible. I don't know if it was intentional, but it's horrible. Um, yeah, I also saw Halloween. That was really the only thing that I saw that was new. I rewatched Pan's Labyrinth, loved it, showed it to my roommate for the first time. Um, but then I watched Halloween like the day after. And I <laughs> I think I gave bad expectations because I went into the, <laughs> I thought it was so funny and just so stupid. And I went into our group chat and I was like, that shit was good. <laughs> And then, like, two texts later, I was like, don't get me wrong, it's awful, but it's good. (laughs) Um, I agree with Adriano. I think I liked it more than I disliked it. I definitely don't think it's a good movie, 
and I wouldn't even rate it near like I think Halloween suffers the exact same thing that Jurassic franchise suffers where like the first one is so good and then it's like we should have left it at that not continue 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 on this down this path but um but yeah i thought I it was i just want to say now i am so against the actresses reboot even more than i was before because i don't want to let david gordon green near it mm-hmm. um please don't do it like i don't know why we're doing this i don't i know. think I don't think David Gordon Green's writing it or doing anything with the script. How many co-writers were listed on this movie? When the, the title card came up for, like, written by it, I was like, why are there nine men's names? Like, I, what did they write? There's, like, no dialogue in this movie. Like, literally, if your movie literally says, if I can't have her, no one will, you don't need, like, more than two writers. You, I think you Danny McBride wrote that part. I, I I believe he did not do anything. I thought he contributed. I believe he wasn't faith. there. I feel personally that he contributed to Kyle Richards appearing, and that's it. That's what I choose to believe because yeah. where was she the rest of the movie? Bravo would have given her time off. I don't understand this. I don't um, understand. But yeah, I didn't. I haven't seen anything else other than that. Uh, not until this weekend. Um, but I left the best for last. Uh, so Josie and Brian, I guess I'll let um, I'll let Josie go first. How was Niff? How was your time? Um, what were some of the things you saw there? Just if you want to give like a little short little recap of it, feel free. Go ahead. Um, Wait, I, can't. I was right. Oh, okay, now I can hear you. I can okay. hear you for a second. <laughs> Um, Neff was great. Um, I only watched 11 films because I was working at the same time, but 11 films is okay for a festival. Yeah. But yeah, I really loved Tar, saw the decision to leave. I really enjoyed She Said, which, what are these lukewarm responses? This is a good film about journalism. (laughs) And let me pull up the letterbox just so I don't forget anything. Return to Soul was nice. I was able to see that at a public screening. Um, Bones and all. After Sun. Yes. I might bump it up because today at work, they started playing Under Pressure. And I literally was like, I'm going to the restroom. And I just stood there and I was like, this. (laughs) I literally had to step away because I was just picturing that scene. I was like, oh my God. Oh, okay. So going back to that, let me just talk about so um because I was I saw it at TIFF and I saw it with the QA with Charlotte Wells and she was saying that there that that version, that like acoustic version, she listens to it, like she listens to that whenever she feels like really like she can't write or like really upset or anything. And so that's why she like weaved that into the movie. So it was like a cathartic thing for her as well to like keep it in the movie. Um mm-hmm as well as it was for the movie. But uh, the best the best needle drop I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. So, yeah, just going into my top five. So number five, She Said. Number four, EO. Number three, Decision to Leave. Number two, After Sun. And number one, Tar. Amazing. Yeah, um, some good cinema. Brian, what about you? So I saw 17 movies, um, way more than I anticipated. 
although I was going to see 20 originally, but then I backed out of three of them due to time and then the lack of interest. I was supposed to go see Stars on Noon, but I'm like, you know what? These reviews just have, I don't like Joe Alwyn, but I wanted to see it because I love Mark Quayley and the reviews just didn't do anything for me. So I'm like, well, I'll try to sell the ticket. I contacted Josie and I was trying to find other people to get the ticket and no one wanted to get it. So 25 hours gone down the drain. It is what it is. What a, whatever. But uh, I liked a lot of the stuff I saw. Um, yeah, After Sun was incredible. I mean, as soon as I got out of it, I thought of you, Jacob, right away. And then I talked to Josie when I bumped into her that same day. Um, no, like, seriously, fantastic. Tar, I won't shut up about Tar. I'm obsessed. I literally changed my Twitter name to Brian Tarfield because I'm just too obsessed with it. Um, Bones and All was amazing. Decision to Leave was amazing. Women talking was amazing. I saw a lot of the stuff I liked. What seriously, a lot of good stuff. And I agree with Josie. I don't understand these lukewarm responses to she said because she said was really strong. Um, it definitely surprised me a lot more than I was anticipating. So yeah, just to go through my top five. Uh, number five, Eternal Daughter. Number four, Women Talking. Three, Decision to Leave. Two, Bones and All. And number one, Tar. And I think for me, the cool thing was seeing as many celebrities as possible. I didn't expect as many to come to the festival and just seeing all of them talk about the films and the experiences of shooting them was just so delightful. I love going to this festival. It's my fourth year going and it certainly won't be the last. It was a great year for NIF this year, especially for me. Amazing. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, there's so many things from there that I really want to see. Bones and all, especially. Um, I like that they're like, we saw Bones and all in Tar. And I'm like, well, I saw Halloween Ends and... <laughs> And I don't even have tar available. Who's the real so. winner? <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny. I um, I just want to say that I love that Josie and Brian are on to represent that she said is great and not anything less. Um, it's really funny that I will confidently point out that it's mostly men being lukewarm on she said. And it's really disappointing because I feel like the the way the reviews that are mixed on it or worded is very striking to me like they needed someone more to grasp onto when it's like a movie about overall like many many victims and instead of them mm -hmm. pointing to put a specific victim and keeping the story focused on the fact that it was literally hundreds of women affected by this specifically by this one man versus we don't know how many women are affected by this in the industry still ongoing. And it's like really disheartening to me that people felt they needed like a specific person to cling on to story-wise because that's not the way, obviously it's a nonfiction novel, but it's yeah. not the way that's framed at all. And I just, I feel like you didn't have that problem with Spotlight. Why do you have the problem with this? Mm -hmm. Kind of yeah, because the thing with like at least with like women talking you have a male character you can hold on to here you have two kind of undeveloped women that's like you can't relate to and it's like at the end of the day we don't need that much character development from them because they will take away from the story and the most important part is the story and the victims and that's who that's why so many people have been praising the supporting performances from two of the actresses to play the victims that actually come forward 
because they were given what they were supposed to be given that time and space to be able to talk about it. Yeah, like reading all the interviews from everyone involved, like that their focus was that. It's so nice to hear that that shows on the screen that they that's like what their focus was, the accuracy of telling the story, but also keeping the focus on all of the victims versus like creating a fictional person for us to follow. And I just it's really disheartening to see fellow critics and mutuals like not understand that perspective. Well, there's some people that are reviewing that just won't understand it at all, but they're still trying to put their views out. So, um, but anyway, other than NIF, there was the London Film Festival and BFI, and I don't really care about, well, I'm not gonna say that. I don't care about a lot of the movies there, but there is one that I have to talk about because I've made it my whole personality for a long time. But Guillermo we talked about Toro's, the sun a couple weeks ago. I'm leaving the podcast. I'm quitting. <laughs> this is my re- resignation. Um, I'm Guillermo del now. Toro's Pinocchio has opened up to truly rave reviews, which makes me so happy because I have had it as a sleeper best picture nom since the very first Oscar Central uh, like releases and stuff. Um, I got to see the first eight minutes of it, and from what I saw, it looked very, very good. Um, and hearing Del Toro talk about it and hearing all the behind the scenes, I just knew that it was going to be something really special. And it seems like a lot of the reception out of um, the London Film Festival and BFI and all that kind of stuff, it's almost like solidified um, what I thought. Does anyone else have any opinions or thoughts on Pinocchio or Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio as it's I'm officially like, titled. This I'm wondering if this is gonna be the first Guillermo del Toro film I like. Really? I don't vibe with Guillermo del Toro. Love him as a person. He's really nice. Yeah. Both the videos of him on the red carpet with the Pinocchio figurine are literally something I will cherish for the rest of my life. He's so wholesome. He's so wholesome. No, I just the video like, where he like just slowly moves the arm is like And then he moves me. his arm no. to like do the yes. same thing. It's so and precious. The photo, and the photo that Letterboxd shared of the Pinocchio little statue on, on the, the red, red carpet. carpet. They took him to the after party. I'm like, literally, he's like the flat Stanley of award season. Like, he needs to go everywhere. Go everywhere. But I'm really excited. And especially, I feel like a lot of people are specifically pointing out in their reviews and um, social reactions that it's um, a very adult film. Like, specifically, that it is not just like, like, it is still accessible to children that can watch it but it's like very much an adult story and it's kind of reminding me of um like just the reactions of inside out that it was like yeah it's a movie for children but it will gut you emotionally as an adult watching it um specifically all the reviews pointing out that it's like very much a story about like fathers and sons which is just going to obviously be devastating for so many people to unpack but I'm very excited <laughs> and I'm so excited for the voice performances because I literally found my first tweet about hot cricket from January. Um, but I just, I feel like I get frustrated when famous actors do like voice performances because I feel like it takes away from like voice actors who have really like honed in on this as a craft because 
we see all the time famous actors do voice performances and they do not work because that is not something they excel at but the voice performances in this seem incredible and everyone's really responding to them so i'm really excited for that uh yeah it's um it seems like gregory mann who's in his i guess debut um has done a really well job uh, and it seems like everyone else well I, there was one uh, one review I think from Variety that was talking about how well um, the puppetry is, which that's another thing. Listening to Del Toro and the craft team talk about how they animated mistakes and reshoots and did all that kind of stuff that usually an animated movie doesn't do for the sole fact of trying to get that authenticity. It just can't can't stop thinking about it. I don't know when I'm going to see it, but I I need to see it as soon as possible. Um, I'm just so, so, so excited for it. Um, moving on from that, quickly, we are going to get into our supporting actor categories. Um, I will start with, I guess I'll start with, I was gonna start with Josie, but I'm gonna give her some time. <laughs> I'll start with Brian. Um, what are your current predicted five in the race as of right now? For supporting or lead? For supporting. We'll do supporting Supp first. Supporting actor? Okay. Um, do you guys do five to one or five, one to five? You can do it five to one. It, it, yeah, it doesn't matter. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. So number five, I have Brad Pitt. Number four, Paul Dano. Three, Ben Winshaw. Two, Brenda Gleason. And number one, Kihu Kwan. Okay. Um, Adriano, what about you? Seems like you have some opinions. Uh, that's not, that's kind of my exact five, just different order. Um, <laughs> I have five Ben Wishaw, four Brad Pitt, three Paul Nano, two Brandon Gleason, and then one Kihoi Kwan. All right. And um, Kenzie, what about you? So I have Brian Tyree Henry at five, and then I have Paul Dano at four, which is so funny to hear everyone shifting Paul Dano down, but it's that Michelle mm -hmm. Williams trajectory. Yep. <laughs> and then I have Kehu Kwan at number three. I moved him way up. I had him at five before. And then I have Brendan Gleeson at two, and then Ben Wishaw at one. Okay. I have, and this is just because I don't know anything that's happening with supporting actor. And it really could be anyone at that fifth spot. I have Woody Harrelson for Triangle of Sadness at five. Um, Paul Dano at four, like everyone else. Uh, ben Wishaw at three. Uh, Kihai Kwan at two. And Brennan Gleason at one. Josie, are you ready? So I don't have five because honestly, this year has been weird for me. I only have the people... I want to see there, like obviously okay. Kehu Kwan. Um, I did not see Causeway, but I would love to see Brian Tyree Henry to get his flowers, and Mark Rylands, and Bones and all. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm just still so excited for Bones and all. <laughs> I literally I have a piece coming out this week about supporting actor, but I feel like he's gonna get like critics notices because people will not stop talking about him and everyone, everyone I know that sees yeah. it they're like what do you do you want to talk about Mark Rylance I'm like no I haven't seen it like <laughs> so when we walked out of NIF 
that's all anyone was talking about mark Rylands. so i honestly, i just feel like it'll happen critics somewhere. don't shut yeah. up it could happen literally at the mark public screen for it like when the credits were rolling you would think that maybe Taylor or Timothy would get the loudest applause. It was Mark who got the loudest applause at the at public the press screening the- too. <laughs> That's amazing. He That's wears a hat, right? Up. He continues he really the hat good. train. Like he yeah. wears a hat, yeah. right? Oh, and he oh, also yeah. has a braid. I, I love it. <laughs> oh my god. I love it so much. I only watched the initial teaser. I haven't watched anything else because I. Unless it's in front of the movie, I, I will it. say. I will say though, from that initial teaser, I remember Kinsey texting this second after, and she was like, "I think my pick of Mark Rylance and supporting actor is going to come true." And all he does is like yeah. look at the camera for like a second. He's oh, yeah. Mark Rylance. He is yeah. really good. Yeah, and I just feel like he is. Um, he's so fun in person that if he gets in front of people, like. What if he's like instead of like the Tom Hanks and Elvis at SAG? What if it's Mark Rylance and Bones and Wall yeah. at SAG? I like the way you're thinking. He's like anything to get Elvis out of the anything picture. Anything to get Elvis out of there. <laughs> but, well, supporting actors always and Mark Rylance in there because he's he should have got in last year. But hey, get, no, no Tom Hanks and Elvis and yes, Mark Rylance sounds good to me. See now I got Adriano on board. It's gonna be it's over for everyone. Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> I'm pushing him for best supporting actor. Um, also, also, I did forget to mention, um, I also saw Armageddon Time this week. Um, and uh, there are two supporting actor contenders. I do think we should look out for in that movie, and that's Anthony Hopkins and Jeremy Strong. Jeremy oh. Strong has a very prominent, like he's very he's the bigger role. Obviously, Anthony Hopkins is the bigger name, but he and but he does. He does enough to Anthony Hopkins' way to another now, but I do think we should really keep an eye on Jeremy Strong as well. Especially, I feel like, because um, I was writing my piece today for this category, I Jeremy Strong has a really like big amount of respect among the actors branch yeah. that I wouldn't count him out at SAG, especially because Succession's been really successful there. Um, so they, they're really comfortable with him. But I feel like if he gets in at SAG, I would really like worry about him especially like this category is just so wide open I feel like like there's like a consensus three or four names but Paul Dino I'm really worried about specific just because of the Michelle Williams I don't think he's strong enough see so like I, so- everyone who was on the fence about the Fablemans has said like he's not very strong in it and then <laughs> I would I- push Paul Dano for the Batman <laughs> over Fablemans uh, yep I would too <laughs> With Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell gets a double nominee. Can you imagine? Yes. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Also, I just want to point out none of us mentioned Judd Hirsch, which, like, so, oh, Judd Hirsch isn't going to happen. Judd which, Hirsch oh, is actually my six because he showed I don't know if you guys heard about this. He showed up at this public screening of um, Banshees and he, like, sat in the audience and, like, was just talking to everyone and, like, he went to a SAG screening of um, something else. I can't remember. But I'm like, he's like putting himself out there. And I am not kidding. There are ads nonstop for the Fablemans that focus around him. Like I watch a lot of videos on YouTube with my daughter. They're always popping up. Like children's videos they're focusing on. Like it's insane. But he's in, there's a lot of new ads that are focused on Judd Hirsch. And I feel like they're aware of the conversation 
and perhaps they're aware of the conversation around Paul Dano. The only There's the like, only reason I could see that working is if people are like, oh, well, Michelle Williams is the lead, so we're going to have to do Paul as the lead as well, being the two central yes. like relationship of the thing. My thing from there is like, would they default LaBelle into supporting or would they go to Judd Hirsch? I mean, I will say Judd Hirsch's one scene is very, very yeah. good, but it is like, 10 minutes help. of screen time it's, le- it's less basically. screen time than bradley cooper and liquor pizza probably yes i know by by a lot plus bradley cooper in that movie at least had like a couple scenes granted they were in a row but like a couple different uh scenes and this yeah. one's just like he shows up at the house he gives his monologue and then he leaves the house and then he's like out for the rest of the movie i just also, feel like actors really like him mm-hmm. and then the fablemans is currently a front runner for best picture and i just think that like they're gonna give it i'm i'm thinking not just because of like the context of the movie but i'm thinking it's kind of like belfast where like it's not going to be the acting nominations you're running on it's it's it really makes me think too because this is something that i am predicting and i do think will get a sag nomination but i'm like okay who's going to be any of the actors that are like there for like getting their own personal nominations for the movie. Cause it's still, I still don't really see Michelle Williams just because lead actress is so strong. So it's yeah. like, does Paul Dano get in? Do they, do they get a double nom of like Paul Dano and Seth or Paul Dano and Judd or Judd and Seth or yeah, something that's like that? I, wanted to bring up. I, I think Seth is above Judd. I really okay, so Seth is my Seth. I would nominate Seth. <laughs> Seth is my seven. Seth, Seth has, Seth has one really good scene that I think is like yeah. his like Oscar scene. Seth was actually but he also has person, more throughout. Seth is the person I actually think will get sag and like nothing else, like individual. That's possible. Yeah. I feel like they'll be like they'll respect him and everything he's done in this trans like not transition, but just like he's done dramatic performances before. But like yeah, him being in a Steven Spielberg movie is quite a transition for him. Especially like, just after um, his uh, his Pam and Tommy like nomination. Yeah, I feel like he's like which Sag will likely you know like. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just feel like he's a great person in front of people. So the more people they get him in front of, but I feel like Sag like he has a pretty good shot at being like that random supporting mm-hmm. actor nomination that pops up and doesn't translate to anything. But I just think Judd Hirsch is like, like not to compare them because she is dame judy dench but judy dench showing up was like random she didn't mm-hmm. really do that much in belfast and that's like my trajectory with jared hirsch but i'm really like so i'm down on brad pitt i don't think his controversy has anything to do with the academy nominating him or not nominating him i just don't want to talk about him unless i have to um but barry keoghan I feel like he has a path and I wouldn't be shocked if he shows up, especially if he can get any sort of like big critics love like LA or New York. I feel like I would keep an eye on him, especially because he's amazing in person, like amazing. Mm -hmm. He charms everyone he's around. That is a, that's something that's actually funny is I see a lot of people now who are doing like their early sack predictions and no one, well, I mean, very few people are predicting Banshees of Ed and Sheeran for SAG Ensemble when it's like 
okay, we're not going to predict that, but we're also predicting that three of the four. That, okay. <laughs> in fairness, in fairness, that does kind of ring to me as like a power of the dog situation where it's like, yeah, you have that central four, but not much else after that. That's the only thing that gives me like the, like, it's okay to say it's not getting sag is because the ensemble is so small in a year where you have the fable men's where I'm like, I don't know the order in the credits, but is David Lynch included? Yes. So would David Lynch get a SAG ensemble nomination? I think so. Because <laughs> he's he's not he's not uncredited. He's, but he's I mean, like a he... best supporting actor, honestly. He was uh, the only part I liked of this. <laughs> <laughs> the taste. Um, but I feel like like I don't think like the whale is gonna get a SAG ensemble nomination, yet we're all predicting I don't know about that. It, I it, don't I don't think so. It's I, too few actors. Like I feel like it should. <laughs> when Josie was like high on the whale, I literally, I think I texted Jacob and Nicole. I was like, "Holy shit, it's so good!" Like, yeah, but it is. I just feel like it's like there's Babylon. There's, I mean, Triangle of Sadness. I really doubt because it's mostly international actors, but that's a huge ensemble. Yeah, and then like Babylon. Women talking. talking um the fablemans um glass onion everything everywhere all at once these are like ensemble movies black panther black, black panther. panther thank you thank you i was watching mm-hmm. <laughs> black panther getting black two. adam black. no no black i'm here no, for no, namor and namor only yeah. let's go i just feel like we're we have like a and honestly even white noise subtly like i'm not sure mm-hmm. if they'd go for it because it's like a lot of young actors but there's a lot of names in the cast of White Noise. And it's just like, that's the only thing I get. And honestly, Armageddon Time. What if they really go for Armageddon Time? It's Anthony Hopkins, Anne Hathaway, Jeremy Strong. Like, I just feel like, I don't know. There's so, and then The Woman King. The Woman King is the definition of an ensemble film. And I would, they would be so lucky to have that cast there. But I just, that's the only thing that gives me pause about Banshees. It's like, four or five names essentially whereas like you have these huge movie and honestly bones and all should be in the conversation for ensemble those are that's a great group of actors damn right it should be and i want to see luca pulling a bang jun ho like filming them like chris jenner like you're doing great sweetie like i i want that moment i want it um i guess we already um you know we already quickly talked about it but what would be your next five for supporting actor that you feel like could break in kenzie um judd hirsch this isn't uh six through ten so judd hirsch barry keoghan i do have brad pitt at eight i wish i didn't have him on this list at all but um we know how the academy is and then don Cheadle, and i do have mark rylands at 10 I actually had Mark Raylance higher, but mm-hmm. I got talked out of it. So you're welcome that I am treading with possibility, not hope dicting. And what about you, Brian? So this is no particular order for me. So I have Barry Keegan, uh, Brian Tyree Henry, Seth Rogen, Don Cheadle, and I do have Jeremy Strong on here. And Adriano? Um. So I, I got my six through ten. I got Barry Keegan for the Banshee of Sharon. Seven, I got Seth Rogen for the Fablemans. 
Eight, I got Judd Hurst for the Fablemans, I guess. Um, nine, I got Jeremy Strong for Armageddon Time. And then number 10, I was convinced I got Mark Rylance up for Bones and All at number 10. Um, for me, I've got – I have Seth Rogen at six. I think – and I think the reason I have him higher than Judd Hirsch is for the sole fact of – SAG loves to nominate those kind of performances and um, the Golden Globes love to nominate those kind of performances and supporting, um, which again, like we said, he could be double nominated for, you know, that and uh, Pam and Tommy. So he's my six, Barry Keegan's my seven, um, Brad Pitt is still my eight, Don Cheadle's my nine. And then I do have Judd Hirsch at 10. Um Josie, is there anyone else that we talked about that you're thinking of? The Academy has its issues, but I would love to see Thanos Huerta from Black Panther because he's just a good actor in general. Um, Harry Styles from a policeman, that is a joke. Well, yeah, yeah um, but how about <laughs> We don't need to put that into the ether. Um, David Lynch for the Fablemans, not even joking. Um, Paul Dano and Colin Farrell for the Batman. I, David Lynch might have a longer, no, him, his and Judd Hirsch's scene might be about like the same length worth of like screen time. And people are actually pushing Judd Hirsch, so who says David Lynch? Yeah, exactly. I feel like nobody was pushing Judy Dench and she just showed up. (laughs) Judy Dench, nobody in Belfast expected that to happen. In fairness, Judy Dench actually had like she wasn't like a cameo, you know what I mean? So the thing had like the final scene, exactly. Where that's where I think that's where I think Judd Hirsch fails is because Judd Hirsch's scene is within the first like 30 35 minutes. Oh. And like Judd Hirsch's scene is clear. I am not seeing the Fablemans for so long because of Glass Onion. (laughs) So this is no spoiler because it's just Steven Spielberg's life. He lives in one place and then his family moves to the next place. And that's where the most, the most like most of the movie takes place in in the movie. uh, Yeah. He starts in Arizona and he moves to California. Is that right? Yeah. Um, and most of the movie takes place in California because that's when you really see uh, Sam Fableman start going to school and all that kind of stuff. And that's where like the big part of the movie takes place. Uh, Judd Hirsch is a small scene when they're still in Arizona. So it is within like at least the first hour of the movie. And then there's still an hour and a half after that um, that has everything else happen. And then, like Josie said, David Lynch is like the like the second to last scene of the movie he literally leaves where he is with david lynch and then the movie ends so the most impactful one it changes the whole perception of the film literally yeah (laughs) i Um, by the way so i google steven spielberg because i'm like i'm pretty sure in because i watched that documentary on hbo about him which if you haven't seen please watch it is so fucking good mm -hmm. but i was like i'm pretty sure he's from ohio and moves to arizona because is my it, fam, my parents are from Ohio, so I always like remember when people are from there. He is from Ohio and moves to Arizona. Yes, so he's from Ohio, moves to Arizona, and then there's a second move later on. I think. He's like, he's like, yeah, Ohio, yes, there, yeah, there, Arizona, yes, California. There is. Yes, there is. That there's a second like a, move because there's something that happens that 
Yep. But okay. I just want to say, so what I was shocked by was not this inaccuracy because he's trying to pretend it's not about his life. I'm shocked. I didn't know he was knighted. Steven Spielberg? Did anyone I didn't else know that, that either. I didn't know that either. Okay, so we've all been pronouncing his name wrong. It's Sir Steven Spielberg. Honestly, we should have been anyways. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Nicole's going to listen to this and be like, that is not what the British do. Um, no, but that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, oh, so but, I can campaign for David Lynch to be an Oscar nominee and not sound crazy. Awesome. If I'm campaigning for the Nope cast to get a SAG ensemble, we can all do whatever we want. <laughs> Brandon I, Pitt, I'm, yeah, for supporting I'm it. with you. I'm with you. Yeah, they were good. Um, Moving on to lead actors. The reason we put lead actor in with this episode is because lead actor, I mean, I think everyone in here can kind of confirm as well that lead actor is kind of done. <laughs> uh, we know our winner and everyone's fighting for second place. Um, so I'll start with, I'll start with the man who started the campaign, Adriano. Uh, who are your four through, uh, or I guess five through two of lead actor oh. well well yeah basically number one i do have brendan fraser and then two three and four or five don't really matter at this point <laughs> um but i guess i have to say them but um i do think that two and three are some combination of colin farrell for the banshees of Inish sharon and mm-hmm. austin butler for elvis you know I, I i remember when i first saw elvis i'm like oh he can probably be Taron Egerton this year and now i'd be like for who? If if, Elvis, if Butler missed, I'd be like, mm-hmm. for who? Literally for who? But um, yeah, four and five. The gap between three and four is obscene. But number four, I I do have Diego Calva for Babylon. You know, I think Oscar is obvious. You know, he's, he's a bit of a no-name, but like, you know, Babylon's likely to be huge, so I can definitely buy it. And then number five, fuck. I, I hate to say this, but Hugh Shipman for the Sun. I don't want it. I want to do anything else. I would rather Christian Bale get in because at least Christian Bale is good. Name, now, I know we don't. I know I haven't. No, seen it. I know we don't like the movie. But respect the name. <laughs> no, more like more like Pooh Jackman. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I will go. I will go second because I have a much better number five. <laughs> Um, of course, I've got Brendan Fraser, number one, Colin Farrell, two, and Austin Butler, three. I feel like those are, like, pretty Please don't say it's the consensus, confident. because the person that will fall off will be Austin Butler. And personally, in such a week, I would just want to clarify, none of us think Lee Doctor is weak. It's just, like, based on what the Academy will do, that it's weak. Um, but don't say Austin Butler is the consensus, because then he will not get nominated, and I will cry, because it'll be because of Christian. I, I feel... I can see. I don't like that movie. I think he's good. I think he's good. He. I think he's. I don't think you got to worry about anything. I will be on the edge of my seat until they make me wake up at five a.m. because they have refused to acknowledge that we do not need to do that on the West Coast, where primarily all these people live. Yeah. Um, but I, I will be on the edge of my seat until then. I don't trust them, and I don't trust Warner Brothers. Um, my four is Diego Calvo for Babylon. Um, and then my number five is much better than Hugh Jackman. It's Daniel Craig, for Glass Onion. Um, which I gay icon Benoit Blanc, we have to say. Um, but yeah, I do. I think Daniel Craig has he has the scenes. 
He is so funny, in my opinion, funnier than he was in the first, which is a, which was a high bar. Um, and I think he's just overall very good in the role. He's going to get a Globe nom, potentially could, you know, fight with Colin Farrell for the win at that one. He'll probably get a BAFTA nom just because they love him over there. Um, but yeah, so I've got Daniel Craig as my five. Kenzie, what about you? Um, I think it's hilarious. We all have the same one through four, not even just one through three. I have Brendan Fraser at one, Colin Farrell at two, Austin Butler at three, Diego Calva at four, and then I also have Hugh Jackman at five. I, I, so it screened here recently down the street for me, and like everyone leaving was like obsessed with it. It's very high on it. I. I don't know. I don't want him in just because he's Hugh Jackman and he's fine. Like, I think like we should really like, especially in a year where there's so many movies that are like highly reviewed with new actors to the conversation that they should be prioritized over actors who have been nominated in an okay or bad movie. But we all know the Academy. And personally for me, obviously I haven't seen Babylon, but one through four for me, I really love like everyone in it and their performances. Whereas like Hugh Jackman would be like, sure, I like the performance and he's okay, but whatever mm. on the movie. And it's just like, <laughs> it's just so frustrating in a year where there are so many performances that are like in good movies that we ignore. Like, it's so disheartening to hear everyone talk about how good like Jeremy Pope is. And then we're like, he has no shot. And for me, um what is his name and... it's also going going off that jeremy pope thing it's also frustrating because it's like so many people are like oh jeremy pope is so good but the inspection isn't great so he's not going to get in when it's like the huge Jackman in the sun where the movie mm-hmm. is not liked and he's going to get in but okay for me felix cam camerer camerer okay he is phenomenal in all quiet mm-hmm. on the western front like he has to do so much and it is so disheartening to me that it's not only that this movie is in German, that he is very young and obviously new to this conversation that he would never be in consideration, but he has so much to do physically and just with his eyes that it's so disheartening to me. He can't be in the conversation. Especially this is... if you Google this movie, it says it stars Daniel Brohl. He is in the movie for 15 minutes and he's barely in it. On top this of is, him being in it for 15 minutes. I didn't even know he was in it when half the time he was in it. Um, this is it also is, the first performance for, well, at least like first credited like performance for uh, Felix Kammer since like the late 90s. So it's been a while and then he just came he back, which is, he was like born in 95. So he was like he three years old. So good in it. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's insane to me. I was completely blown. I didn't expect to like love his performance that much because no one really mentioned it in all of their responses. People are just so taken aback by the visuals and the technical aspects of this film, which is fine because every aspect of it is just outstanding. But he is so good in it. And it's, it's so frustrating, especially like the reason not everyone's predicting Diego Calva is because we're predicting Austin Butler and we're like, we can't have two newcomers. It's like, why not? It's so infuriating. Like mm-hmm. counter argument, counter argument to that. Twenty seventeen, Timothy Chalamet and Daniel Kaluuya both got in the same category. Boom. 
Also, so, okay, for that, some of my favorite pictures on my phone are of Timothy Chalamet and Daniel Kalia at the Academy Luncheon. Um, Don't we all? <laughs> and <laughs> can you imagine? Oh, Diego Calva just, well, there are so many people I want to see him with. There are so many people I want to see him with. But, like, please, just just do it. Just do it. And Kenzie, him, if I speak, you know, if I speak. I, I literally saw a picture of him, and it talks, and I sent it to Josie. I was like, look at this man. Like, look at him. I just, I need him at every event and I don't know. I don't know. But he's doing a bunch of editorials with fashion brands. And I'm like, if they can keep dressing him, he'll be on everyone's socials and it will make their way to the Academy Voters. And I try, I really trust Paramount to get behind him as a lead, especially if there's this conversation of shifting Margot Robbie to supporting, not just because of Michelle Williams but it would give more of a focus of like Diego Calva is the only lead of this movie and I feel like that will be not yeah, only beneficial because he is but it's it'll more it's more appropriate with this one because it actually follows like his stance with the yeah. characters and the yeah. performances but I this could be an amazing year of lead actor nominations and I'm scared that they'll give us like one good one and then um, like tear the rest of the category to pieces and they'll put Harry Styles in for Don't Worry Darling or something. Well, why would you put that in out there? Why would you, why, why are Josie, Kenzie, stop putting Harry Styles into this. <laughs> Let him quit acting. <laughs> I don't um, think he's bad in Don't Worry Darling. He's not bad in Don't Worry Darling. He's not. He's not, not good. At all. He's going to save the MCU. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna make it popular again um brian what when about that you? movie drops on hbo max i just say it's over for everyone because i will realize it's not that bad of a movie i was literally talking with someone yesterday like i like don't worry darling it has a 77 on rotten tomatoes as an audience score so yeah, we're not alone we're not alone it's not bad it's not bad everyone's no. so mean oh, it's, it's, it's a not, dumb like, sci-fi movie Florence is just Florence is just so good. Everyone's gonna look really bad against her. If that yeah. movie, I actually have a lot of thoughts on that, but I will keep them to myself. But if that movie didn't have all of this press behind it, it would have had, debuted to like a seventy percent Rotten Tomatoes, and we would have never talked about it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I um, love that I made this about Don't Worry, Darling. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, Brian, what are your one through five? How do I follow that conversation? Um, <laughs> so I have the same one through, five, one through five as Kenzie, Brendan Fraser, Colin Farrell, Austin Butler, Diego Calva, and Hugh Jackman. I'm actually seeing The Whale next Sunday, so I just can't wait for it. Um, but yeah, like Kenzie, I'm hoping that this is an interesting Best Actor lineup because if it's not, then that's really disappointing. Put in two newcomers. Put in multiple newcomers. I don't care. I just want a good lineup. That's all I want. So yeah. Diego Cava, please, like I'm, I'm really behind him. Hopefully, getting in, like, because if Margot and Brad get in, and he doesn't, then that's really disappointing in my opinion. And if I Brad obviously gets none in, of us have seen. Yeah, exactly, exactly. There will be help but, to pay for. You know I what? Agree. Hear me out. We're all putting Hugh Jackman in because we're like he's Hugh Jackman. They're not going to do five first time nominees. Just put in Adam Driver. I don't care. Just put in Adam Driver. That's what I have. Adam Driver yeah. would be very deserving for that. He he okay. was so good in that movie. He was so good in White Noise. Just he would just be very make deserving. Adam 
just make Adam Driver and Noah Baumbach like as an actor director pair where like Adam always gets in just do it just like make that the rule like I've been trying to get him a win for so long he should have like seriously two Oscars and like three more just for that scene where he's like this teaching the class wait so when that trailer <laughs> when the teaser dropped i clipped that and it says it's too short to post it on twitter because like less than a second lock so i'm like can we like put out an extended version of him waving his arms like that but yeah i it's like i haven't seen this on i just the the gimmick is not gonna work for me um because i know the ending but Let's let's just we're all putting him in because we're like they're not gonna do five first time nominees. So like let's skip that and do Adam Driver. Um Josie, what is yours? Five Adam Driver, number four, Austin Butler, number three, Colin Farrell, number two, Diego Carvan, number one, Brendan Fraser. Because this is the only category I actually care about. <laughs> Um, I guess I want to open up, like, a question. Um, I feel like it's easy to say that Brendan Fraser is very, very, very in the lead. And I just was wondering, like, we've had, you know, we've had, like, sweeps and we've had actors and actresses come through and, like, win every award and go on. Has there ever, in the time that you've been, like, watching the Oscars, covering the Oscars, doing whatever, been a time where it's, like, from the first, like, from the first time that the movie screened, it was so far in front. Like, I feel like we've been talking about Brendan Fraser winning. Zellweger and Judy. It literally, the first preview screening in June that year it came out was, like, oh, she's walking away with this. And then Telluride, she had the tribute. And then she never lost anything along the way. And then she started picking up Critics Awards, which is where people thought she was going to dip because they were like, critics will go for something stranger, smaller. But they all went for her. And then she just steamrolled the whole season. And Walking Phoenix yeah. and Joker, even before people saw it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that I, was that's... really locked. Because that's, yeah. um, that's what I was going to say, I guess, similar to last year with Will Smith, where it's like from the first pictures, at least I and other people that I was talking to. Well, if we're going we're- off of um, still images, unfortunately, every single time that Rami Malek stupid photo of him with his face yeah. pointed upwards with the mustache was shown. I was like- But it, it just, it feels so weird this year because it's like Colin Farrell's incredible austin butler's incredible i'm sure diego calva is going to be incredible um i think with brendan fraser it's a combination of um most of the people that are on film twitter and a little bit in punditry are close to my age where we grew up with him and we watched him disappear and then we watched him come back and he has not only a narrative for like a win but just like a you want to see him succeed and then on top of that it's like he seems so happy to be there he seems Mm -hmm. so like he isn't putting on a show per se when he responds to he seems genuinely it's so genuine and it's like this industry is full of people where it's not genuine and it's just especially like 
watching back Will Smith's um, speech, he's crying because like of everything that happened that night. And it's like, I feel like if Brendan Fraser won and he cried, it would kind of like erase that weird feeling he, from best actor. He cries every time, like one at TIFF, like he got that standing ovation. He cries at every single event because so it's emotional, Oscar. but it's also like, like it's not just because a lot of people will bring down this performance and like his lead in the race because of who he is and his experiences and everything try to diminish all of that but it's actually a good performance to top it all off and it's also it's also one of those things where it's like kenzie said like you know us being in the bubble of film twitter like we see it all the time we see brennan frazier we see all of these things but when you get out of that i i mean i was at you know i was at i was hanging out with friends last night who all of them are very offline people and they all, you know, they're asking me, they're like, oh, how was Toronto? How was Tip? All that kind of stuff. And I said, oh, yeah, I saw the whale. And they all instantly, I mean, I brought up, I brought up the Fablemans. I said, yeah, Steven Spielberg's new movie, The Fablemans. They'd be like, oh, Steven Spielberg didn't know he had a new movie. Um, I would bring up like all of these other things. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, I saw the whale. And they instantly lit up and they were like, oh, is that, that's the Brendan Fraser movie, right? And it seems like there's like this love, not only, online in the film circle but it's like a populist love as well for him as a person and the reminder of what he i mean george of the jungle the mummies Looney tunes back in action like all of those oh, yeah. things like coming up um that hit almost every generation i mean george of the jungle hit you know the kids from like who were like in the 90s and then the mummy was the early 2000s Looney tunes was my time when I would, you know, watch the Looney Tunes back in action movie and it, it hit like every aspect along the way and everyone knew who Brendan Fraser was. And then it's like you guys said, like he almost just disappeared and has come back to this like roaring, like applause and praise. And I think that that's where especially someone like him stands apart narratively because it's not just like it's not an industry thing. It's not like, oh, you know, nine out of 10 people you talk to on the streets, not going to know that Glenn Close has lost X amount of Oscars, but like, yeah. they'll know that Brendan Fraser has been gone for a long time and has it and is on his way back. I do think a lot of people don't know why, because we don't really talk about men who survive yeah. sexual assault in the same way that we talk about women. So I think it's going to be really interesting when the golden globes, which we know are going to be televised roll around and what, he and honestly other actors will do because I think like I will really be not I mean honestly judging like I will be judging like who like if Tom Cruise goes back because he famously turned back his Golden Globes it's very interesting to me but it's like this weird like we expect that to be like a major player because the now that it's televised like that's a speech to give but I think it's really icky to assume he would go back to the golden globes but i'm really interested to see like how the golden globes handle that i think we should put a lot of pressure on them to handle it appropriately mm-hmm. um but it's just like they're in this the golden globes are in this wild place where it's not just that he's like the front runner it's that like everyone even people that don't like this movie are like his performance is undeniable yeah mm-hmm. and it's like they have to award him not just because of like the conversation around him and the Golden Globes and the HFBA, but like 
if his performance is that much better, especially the number two is Colin Farrell and he's going to be in comedy. He's not going to be in the mm-hmm. same category. It's just going to be really wild to see. What and the thing, do. the thing about Colin Farrell is he gives such a such a good performance in the Banshees, but that's not a winning. That's not like a totally prototypical stereotypical winning performance you that is something that the like i would performance is kind of striking me as as if like best actor was this week but there was no brendan fraser that we were like oh let's give colin farrell a career oscar essentially mm-hmm. but it, that, it like seems, there's a performance like that, that is nomination. undeniable and it's just like it sucks to be number two but like that's Oh, I feel like, but here's the thing. I feel like even Colin Farrell's like, oh no, give it to Brendan. It's fine. Yeah. Colin Farrell doesn't care. I read about this um, Academy screening of Banshees and he sat in the general audience and was just like drinking like sparkling water, like talking with people, like in the general audience, like had no idea he was supposed to be in like this like guarded section. He's just hanging out with people. I love that so much. And I'm sorry, like him and um, Brendan Gleeson on, um, Colbert oh yes things that's ever happened and it just proves that the two of them on this campaign trail is going to be like hilarious but I do feel like Colin Farrell is going to utilize it to hype up Brendan Gleeson and not himself well because hopefully they tell him he knows but Brendan Gleeson while I do I do have Brendan Gleeson as my one I feel like he's much more like equipped to missing where I feel like Colin Farrell is pretty he's pretty solid in there in there yeah um what is everyone's i'll start with uh i will start with adriano what is your six through ten right now uh my number six uh i'm just not realizing i'm gonna get a bunch of shit for this um my number six i i still i still think zach afron we should really keep a keen eye on i really i know that that movie is not the best well best received film but like it's very like my family loves it and like audiences love it. And that performance in particular will definitely appeal to the Academy. Um, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but number seven, I have Tom Cruise for Top Gun Maverick. What the fuck is with, is this right? Okay. I'm done with him talking. Oh, I'm going to move on to someone else real quick and we can get to his later. Kenzie, what's your six or 10? I understand. <laughs> it was one after another. I was like, you said the Zach Efron at six, and I was like, okay, I mean, I'll give him that one. And then you dropped the Tom Cruise. I don't I don't want this sort of thing to happen. I'm I'm speaking it out of existence. Number eight, Find Dwayne it. Johnson. <laughs> Finish off what's 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 your what's your eight, nine, and ten? It gets better, don't worry. <laughs> Hugh, Hugh Jackman's gonna be in there somewhere. I already said he was in the five. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. No, I would love it, but no. <laughs> um, number eight, I have Adam Driver for White Noise. Okay. Um, nine, Timothy Chalamet, Bones and All. And then ten, I still don't buy it, but I'm running out of options. Bill Nye for a living. Okay. Uh, Kenzie, what is your hopefully less chaotic six through ten? Well, I have Bill Nye at number six. I trust so many classic pictures. Um, I have Daniel Calcio for Bardo at seven. I am hearing great things about this new cut. And I also still think that he is getting in for director. I do think it's getting in for picture. Like you cannot ignore it. As it should. 
Yeah, I I have not seen it, but let's talk about Latinophobia in Hollywood, okay? Why are people hype? I mean, I know why, but it's like the Fablemans and Armageddon Time. And like, it's like we're putting all these like white writers and directors into like screenplay and picture and director. And it's like Bardo, he had Alejandro and he has two, two, right? Lead or director Oscars. Yes. Like, and the, every person that's famous that talks about this movie is a director. Like, you cannot ignore that. Like, the branch is mm. behind him. I mean, the trailer, that trailer is tasty. And that trailer, I when I saw All Quiet, like, people clapped for it. And I was like, okay, like, it's not just like, I mean, obviously people that sought out All Quiet in the theater are aware of the conversation around the Oscars, but people clapped for it. People didn't do anything for the Pinocchio trailer. Like... Literally, the same thing happened on my screen okay, this morning. Kim, quiet. Exact same happening? thing. I, I just, I think that Bardo is like still as big of a player as it was before it premiered and got bad reviews. Like the only reason I moved Daniel Cacho down an actor is just because I'm wondering if maybe it's like a picture, director, screenplay, and cinematography player, and like this is like breaks his stat of getting his actors in. But I just. I, and the only other thing is I feel like I need one person that's a former nominee in my category because he was my five. But I just, I don't know. I really think he's, I, I think he's on the bubble of getting in. I think if that movie plays really well now with the new cut, then I will move him back up to five. Um, eight, I have Adam Driver. Nine, I have Jeremy Pope because I still have, I still have some faith. And then 10, to please Jacob. I have Paul Mascal for After Sun. And I do want to say I still have Song King Ho at 11 for Broker. I think Broker is like pretty dead on arrival, unfortunately. But Song King Ho has a lot of. Um, I I think industry. that would be better in supporting. I feel like when it gets down to it, they might try to push that supporting because it is. If more they of do like a- push him in supporting, then he can probably fight his way in. But because I, I think I think. I do think that in Broker, even though I don't think there are any leads, if there were leads, it would be the main romantic angle, um, I would say. But Song Kang-ho, to me, felt more like a supporting performance in that movie than a lead. Song Kang-ho, to me, is the same as Seth Rogen. You get him in front of people, Mm -hmm. and he will be great. But I... It just sucks that, like, other than Adam Driver and Hugh Jackman, everyone else would be a first-time nominee. And that is the only thing I'm struggling with, is I cannot mm-hmm. make five first-time nominees. But no, I have... Of, out of my ten, I only have two nominee, uh, former nominees. Out of... Timothy out of Chalamet, the, uh... let's do it. Let's just, let's just do it. Let's make the whole category Twinks and Brendan Fraser. Like, let's, let, let's do it. You want viewers? That's how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, Styles. <laughs> you go Harry Styles. That's three Diego. strikes right there. Wait, no, Harry Styles, Diego Calpa, <laughs> Timothy <on> Chalamet. <laughs> and they're like, you know what? The fucking talk. <laughs> they're like, we need the Scientologist population to do that. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, they they know they know that Brendan's winning, so they're like, "How can we capitalize on the rest of the 
on the rest Scientology of does advertise every year during the Oscars. I just want to point out. Oh my God. <laughs> um, Josie, what is your six through 10? Let's see. Um, Daniel Jimenez Cacho, uh, Paul Mescal, uh, Jonathan Majors, Jeremy Pope, and Daniel Kaluuya. Jonathan Majors uh, for what? What? Jonathan Majors for what? Um, oh God damn it, I'm forgetting the title. The Devotion. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see him get love. Um, oh, Brian, <laughs> what's your six or ten? Uh, Daniel Cacho at six, uh, Jeremy Pope at seven, Bill Nighy at eight, Adam Driver at nine, and Paul Mascal at ten. So I have Hugh Jackman at six, Bill Nighy at seven, um, Daniel Cacho at eight, Adam Driver at nine, Paul Mascal at ten. Um, when it comes to lead actor, I know none of us mentioned it, but... Is there no, no, he's not getting in. I won't even allow this conversation to happen. I don't know. I think, we, I think we should talk about Dwayne Johnson. Okay, let's do it. Let, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> what other um, actors? Well, his transition from The Rock to Dwayne Johnson who, was flawless. How did he do it? How did he do it? He, you know, who needs that PR team is uh, Will Smith. I was gonna say, no one mentioned it. But I'm going to be right with Daniel Craig being at my five. So I um, definitely thought you were going the Will Smith route. No, I, 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 I was. I was. I was. <laughs> um, I, okay, here's the thing Oscars, not a chance. Globes, on the other hand, Globes. They'll do it for the viewership. Like, that's strictly totally. the only reason they'll mm-hmm. do it, but they'll do it for the views. It's the same they way. Probably, that, like, they probably will, like, they'll probably get him there and then have Chris Rock come out as a surprise and be like, all right, hit him. We need it. We need that. We need the views. I I can see Chris Rock doing it for like the publicity of it. I just the whole situation is just like he can't go to Academy events. There's no way he is getting nominated. Like he plus, plus there's enough people in the industry who are still to an to an extent justifiable, but also to an extent a little a, 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 a little much. Uh, still like fuck Will Smith yeah and like and not even just like that attitude towards the situation but that his apology video rubbed the wrong way there were a lot of people that like the first second that video was out they were like I'm not watching this and it's like I just feel like a lot of people want to move away from the situation and I do understand Apple was in a weird spot because they have major players coming out next year, given everything that's been come out this year with um, Napoleon and Killers of the Flower Moon. And they, they can't hold on to this movie for like three, four years. Like they needed to mm-hmm. release it. It's just disheartening to me that there are people who worked on this movie that had nothing to do with this because this was all filmed prior to this incident. And it's like, you should not take away from these other people that worked on this movie because of Will Smith's actions and the reaction to his actions because what it is is not what will smith did it's like the reaction to what will smith did and it's just really disheartening that other people will essentially pay for that Mm -hmm. that we're not involved but i do think it's a sleeper in cinematography i don't like the way it looks in the trailer but it's robert richardson and 
I think he could sneak in. But I think that movie is unfortunately like just gonna come out. I will not be surprised if it randomly plays at AFI though. Yeah. I no, I think I agree. I think I think honestly that Apple was like, we've got real contenders next year. Let's just push this one but out. But they should just spend their money on Brian Tyree Henry and honestly Jennifer Lawrence and like that, but that I, I can understand why they wouldn't though, because those are like all both very like having seen it. Those are both like pretty large bets. I just feel mm. like it's like just spent like why are you in this partnership with A24 to have these smaller kinds of movies? And I don't really like it, but Cha Cha Real Smooth, spend your money on that. Like he showed uh, Cooper Rafe and um, what's the actress that plays the daughter? Vanessa Burkhart. She, they both showed up last night at the Academy Museum Gala. And it's like, just spend your money on that. Like, I, mm-hmm. Cooper Rafe is not for me, but he works on a lot of people. Like, just put him in front of people. I don't understand. Like, I just feel like it's spending money to spend money. And it's really weird when you have movies that are clearly very small. But just spend your money on that. Why do you have to spell it on Emancipation? But Plus, I am really excited I, to see Emancipation. I think it's, like, going to be really interesting but i'm also probably sad i will watch it at home because it's apple mm-hmm. um does anyone but yes else? daniel craig number five let's <laughs> just do it let's he he'll for sure get into globe i feel like colin farrell will win it because colin farrell won for in bruges yeah i think colin farrell's gonna win um does anyone else have anything to say about lead actor yeah, it's this is my least favorite category to predict, and it's also my favorite category because Brennan's winning. It's a weird feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, um, Ray Fines should be in conversation, but I yes! feel like the Academy yes! is ready for that conversation. But where would you put him? Like in lead? Oh, he's he's being campaigned in lead. Okay, yeah, he I should happen. Like that ma- this, that movie's amazing. To everyone else, does this feel like the year that they should like not only with actors but like all categories? Like let's let's break all the stats. Like let's get a documentary in picture. Let's get an animated feature back in picture. Let's have multiple multiple actors nominated from let's have international features. Let's like just just go for it. You don't have to let's follow have these an like animated. Directors he's like, he's like let's have branch. an animated picture win best picture let's have it win director i just i feel like there's Look, so I've, much I've good always... stuff this year that we're like oh it's too genre it's too this it's too this it's like enough i'm tired of it I'm so i have tired. always said and i i know i've said it to kenzie i don't know if she remembers it or not but i've always said that if an animated movie was to break into director it would have to be a big name i think i said david fincher the last time because i know he does like the love and robots and stuff like that i mean del toro is is a big name is a director winner uh i know that's a conversation for a different day but why not why not do it imagine that director was like james cameron for avatar (laughs) del toro for this for Pinocchio, what else? What else we got? That's like um, we could do. Um, what for Fire of Love? What's the director's name? Sara Dosa. But like, let's go. Let's do. Por favor, please. Like, come on. Like, talk about a cinematic event. Let's just do it. And then um, Todd Field, and then that's the only narrative feature that's not 
animated that I will allow mm. in. Let's let's do it. Um, get Lightyear and director. Oh God. Yeah. I I need a, I need to wrap this up. Andrew, like, Andrew, I'm gone too far off the rails. I'm getting fired. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll allow Luca to get in. It's fine. Brian, where can people find you online? <laughs> you gonna acknowledge me? <laughs> you, you guys can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Letterbox at Brian Sutfield. Uh, Josie, where can people find you? You can find me at the Josie Marie on Twitter and Letterbox, and please follow <laughs> Film Talk right now because we're covering seasons one through four of Stranger Things. Amazing. Um, Adriana, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Adri Caparuso, and you can find me on my YouTube channel, which is now up again, which is just my name, Adriana Caparuso. My channel is the best channel on the planet. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> um, Kenzie, where can people find you? You can follow me on all social media platforms at Ken's Venunu. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter, Letterboxd, Instagram, wherever, at tberry57. You can find the show online at Oscars underscore central. Uh, you can find us online at oscarcentral.com where we have reviews, news, and all of the good stuff coming. Um, that is lead actor and supporting actor and until next time that's the show